So right away, I want us to notice that in our passage that Jake just read, the Apostle Paul essentially repeats three times what the main theme is that we're going to be seeing this morning. Three times. Because first, if you look down in verse 15, Paul says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And so, in a church, in a local body of Jesus Christ, there's not one body part or member, but many. Which, by the way, is very similar to what we covered a few weeks ago in in verse 12. And so the point is, though, there's many members, body parts, in a local body. And then in our paragraph, Paul explains that a little bit. But then as for the second repetition, towards the end of our passage, in verse 19, you can see he brings it up again, at this time by asking a question. He says, if all were a single member, where would the body be? And so again, the body consists of many members, not just one, which all leads to Paul's concluding thought in this paragraph, which is in verse 20. And there, basically for the third time in this short paragraph, he repeats, quote, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so hopefully you can see it for yourself. That is the main point of this passage in God's word. As we've been seeing for weeks now in this whole series together, the overall point of 1 Corinthians 12 and even chapter 13 is that we are the body of Christ. Meaning Christ is with us and in us by his spirit. He works through us as his church. And then practically in the Bible, he does that in local churches like us here at ECC. That is what we've been seeing together. But for the emphasis this morning, what we'll focus in on now is how in every local body, it really is made up of many different and needed body parts. Many different and needed body parts. Meaning it's not just that we're a church, a local body, although that's true, but rather as for who we really are. We are technically a bunch of different and needed people, body parts, who who together here in Connecticut are as people who are individually saved by the gospel of Jesus with different needed abilities and personalities, together we make up a local church, a local body of Christ. And so that is the overall thing that we'll be seeing here this morning. And at first, I know maybe hearing that, it might sound like something that we've already covered a decent amount in the last couple weeks, or it may just sound like something that's kind of obvious to you. But before you do jump to that conclusion, that this is just kind of obvious, I think that we would all agree that still, even if we know this to be true, still first, what can often happen in churches is on the one hand, people can think that, yeah, that's true, but I don't really matter, or I'm not really a needed part in a local body or a local church. So that can happen. Or second, on the opposite hand, people can know this to be true, and yet they can still think, yeah, sure, the body has many parts, all the while subtly thinking that they're really what the church is all about, or they're really more important and needed than others. And so that said, that's why it's good for us to really focus in on this concept this morning. And that's perhaps why God inspired Paul to elaborate on this point in this paragraph, the point that there really is in every body many different and needed body parts. Because the reality is it's one thing, right, to agree to all of that, but it's another thing to totally believe it and act like it, personally and all of us together as a local church. And so that's our topic, and that's really our goal this morning. But all that said, that then brings us to our outline of how we will go through our time together. So now to further break down what the Bible says here, 
and that we really are each different and needed body parts, we'll have three sections together this morning, three sections. And that's what they are first in verses 14 through 16. We're going to see some illogical thoughts that we can have about not really being in the body or not really mattering in the church. And then second, in verse 17, we'll see a basic reason why such illogical thoughts don't work, meaning we'll see a basic reason why each of us does really matter in a local church. And then third and finally, in verses 18 through 20, we'll see an even bigger reason, or really the biggest reason, for why each Christian matters in a local church. And so in summary, first, some illogical thoughts about not really mattering in a body. Second, a basic reason why we do each matter. And then third, the biggest reason for why we each matter in a local church. And in it all, though, just remember, this is not abstract. Rather, this really is God himself intentionally inspiring one of his apostles 2,000 years ago, Paul, to, to write to a local church in Corinth, just like us here at ECC. And he's talking to specific people, people who are just like you and me, and he's going to be saying that each Christian is a unique and needed body part in a local church. And so I do just encourage you, really urge you to hear all this personally this morning. Because again, if you trust in Jesus and you are a Christian, especially if you're a member or body part here or soon want to be a member body part here at ECC, which we love, then this is about you. And so take this to heart and hear from God's own breath this morning about how you and I as Christians are body parts and we're really needed in a local church and really do matter. But that said, let's then begin our first section together. And here again, we're in verses 14 through 16, and we're going to see some of those illogical thoughts we can have about not really mattering in a local church. But to begin, we'll just read all of verses 14 through 16 and notice what God inspires Paul to bring up. So look down in your Bibles, verses 14 through 16. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And so we already covered verse 14, but again, you can see Paul is repeating his emphasis on how a body, how the local church has many members, many body parts, which then leads him in verses 15 through 16 to those illogical thoughts. <laughs> and hopefully you can now see why I'm calling them illogical thoughts, because that's, that's really what they are. Because as you can see in verse 15, the foot in this analogy, for some reason, concludes that since it isn't a hand, then it doesn't really belong to the body. But, but as we all know, that doesn't really make sense. Right, and the same goes in verse 16, where the ear says, well, since I'm not an eye, then I don't really belong to the body, which also doesn't make any sense. And that's why Paul repeats in both verses, almost obviously, he says, quote, that would not make it any less a part of the body. I mean, that's true, right? Just because a foot is a foot and not a hand doesn't mean it's not a part of the body. And the same is true for the ear and the eye. And so that's what Paul says. And hearing those, you might have noticed that Paul intentionally seems to have chosen two not as outwardly prominent body parts and compared them to two more outwardly prominent body parts. All to make his point, right, with the foot versus the hand and the ear versus the eye. 
And doing that, it does probably show us that the Bible here probably does specifically have in mind those who are less prominent outwardly in the church community, and therefore it's they who probably are more prone to think like this. And yet still, the point is, just because you are not as outwardly prominent maybe as someone else does not mean you are not really a part of the body. Because again, just being a different body part, quote, would not make you any less a part of the body. And so again, that's what the Bible's saying here. And now for us, all right, let's be honest, we may hear that, and since it's almost so logical, we may kind of just think that it doesn't really apply to many of us. And to be honest, I kind of wrestled with this a bit when studying this this week. Because when it does come to this topic and mattering in a local church body, I, I personally have met many people who struggle with thinking that they really matter. But what I haven't met as much as people who think explicitly here, like it says, they don't explicitly think, because I don't have those abilities or that gift, then I'm not really a part of the church at all. Right? That's a little rarer. And so the question is, what I wrestled with this week is, okay, so then how do these verses here apply to you and to me? And on that first, to be clear, these verses do apply in a more straightforward way. If, if there's anyone here and, and you do think that because you are a certain way or you don't have certain gifts that you're not part of the body. And so if that is you, you should know that being in the body of Christ doesn't depend on having certain gifts or certain personality or anything like that. Rather, if you trust in Jesus genuinely, then as we covered last week, the Spirit himself has immersed you into Christ. And then that means you are in the body, full stop. And then practically, we show that, as we talked about last week, in baptism, we show that in joining an actual local church, according to the Bible. But that then means, to be clear, that really being in the body is not dependent on who you are or your gifts at all. Rather, it is based on Christ and what he's done and trusting in him and the spirit-saving work, and then you're in the body. And so that's the obvious, right, straightforward application of these verses. But that said... Again, I do think that straightforward application is rarer for most people. So rather, in terms of how these verses apply more commonly, as I was thinking about it this week, I think these verses actually apply more commonly and even more subtly in two ways. Two ways. First, if you think about it, these verses apply when someone thinks that because they're a certain way or because they don't have certain gifts, that they're less a part of the church body less a part of the church body. I actually get that from something the Bible says here, as you might have noticed, because notice in verses 14 and 15, when answering those who say this, Paul writes, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And I think that's revealing because that definitely still happens today. A lot in church with body parts Because although it might be rarer for someone to flat out think or or feel, well, because I'm not like this in the church, then I'm not in the body at all. While that might be rarer still, what people do think, and yet what also is similarly illogical, is thinking because I don't have those abilities or that sort of gift or I'm not like that, then I'm less a part of a local church body. But But I hope you're seeing that that's illogical. Because think about our bodies. Just because a certain body part isn't another body part doesn't make it less a part of the body. Right? That doesn't even make sense. Because either a body part is a body part and it's in the body or not. 
And so that should be encouraging because that then means we're all equally body parts in this body. It doesn't matter what gifts you have or how mature you are in your faith or how long or short you've been a Christian, how long or short you've been here at ECC, what you struggle with or anything else. At the end of the day, a body part is a body part. And so that's the first way these verses apply. No one is less in the body. But then second and perhaps even bigger, I think what we see here in verses 15 through 16 can happen not only with people thinking that they're less, but maybe more commonly today, thoughts like this can happen when people see the more outwardly prominent body parts, like the hand and the eye, and then they start to define church as really being them. They start to talk of church as really being certain body parts. And this is huge, and this is what I mean. This now happens a lot, especially in our media and consumeristic age, with how people view especially those who are involved in the church service on Sundays. Or it happens with how people view church leadership or staff, or especially, honestly, it happens a lot with how congregants view their pastor or pastors. Because again, we live perhaps more than ever in history in a culture of consumerism and performance and entertainment and shows. And that has infiltrated the church. And it especially has infiltrated how Christians think about what church means and what it means to be a part of a church. Just think about it, what has happened with so many Christians and what so many pastors and churches promote, and this is a big part of why the megachurch movement has boomed and is still booming in many ways. What has happened is that most believers have started to think of and define the church as really being the worship service or church really being the pastor or those in leadership while they, the congregant, the Christian, just attend church. And hearing that, you can see how common that is. Or we can say it using Paul's analogy here in the Bible. The feet now often do look at the hands. Or better yet, the, the ears do look at the mouths. And they say, they're really the body of the church. I just attend. But, but again, that's illogical and just not true. And more importantly, that is not what God in his word says his church is. And that's why we really need to embrace this idea that each of us is a really unique and needed body part in a local church body. Because, because no local body can be a healthy local body if it only or mainly consists of hands or mouths or eyes. Right? Nor on the flip side, can you as a body part be a vibrant, healthy body part if you just come once a week to watch the hands or the mouths and that's it. Rather in, the body, the, rather, in the Bible, the body is all the body parts together being a local church of Jesus Christ. And so that's our first section. But that then leads us now to our second section. Now here, if you remember, we'll see a basic reason concerning why that is illogical, meaning we'll see a basic reason why each of us does matter in a local church. And for this, we'll be in just verse 17. So look down now after verses 15 and 16. The Bible continues in verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense 
of smell. So, so what's the basic reason here for why no one is less and not really a part of the body? Well, notice, it's basic. It's that every is necessary. Necessary. Because that's, if you boil it down, that's what he's talking about. Because everyone an eye, then where, how would the body hear? Or if everyone were an ear, how would the body do something like smell? Right? And, and just like the first section, I know that that might be somewhat obvious, but it's also really important for us to believe. Because it does show us that we each matter, but it's not that we just each matter because we're one of many, if that makes sense. And the church is made up of many. That's true. But also think about it. This verse is saying that we each matter because we each help the body in a specific way. And that's why, as we've been saying, the point of this paragraph in God's word is that we're each different and needed body parts. Or to say this, maybe using a basic math equation, if this is helpful for you, concerning each local church, it's not just many body parts equals a whole body. Instead, more technically, the Bible actually teaches many plus different body parts equals a whole body. And so again, that means that a personal takeaway for all of us is if you're here and you are part of this body or or soon want to join this local body, then you are a body part that's needed. God says so. And so without you, the body wouldn't flourish the way that it should and it could. And so that's what God is saying here through Paul in verse 17. But I I think that's not actually all that God is saying here through Paul in verse 17. Because I do think we can take that a step deeper. Because we look closely, Paul himself actually in verse 17 takes it a step deeper. And specifically on this, what we're about to talk about was to me this week, I think the most interesting thing that I found when studying this passage Because yes, if you're tracking, knowing that you and I are all unique and needed body parts, I hope is encouraging. But maybe more fascinating on all this about our place in the church body and hopefully encouraging as well, well, is that here in verse 17, notice, it's not just or specifically that each body part matters so that the body can do more. Because I think that's how we usually think about all this, right? We, we usually think about being involved in church as what can I do for the church, right? And there is definitely a goodness to that. But that's actually not Paul's primary, primary point here. And it's really interesting. Instead, notice, after verses 15 and 16, where Paul used the less prominent foot and ear to make his point, he doesn't use the foot and the ear in verse 17, which is kind of strange. You'd expect that. Rather, he decides to use the eye and the ear. And why might that be? Well, because, and here's the big point, because the eye and the ear don't really just do things, but rather they're more essentially big parts of how the body functions, of what a body is, of bodily senses. And that's what I think is so fascinating here. And we see this in how Paul not only brings up the sensory organs of the ear and the eye, but also in how he says twice, you can see it now, quote, where would be the sense of hearing? And where would be the sense of smell? And that means, his point is, what body parts above all are about, when they work as they should, is the body functioning. Right? Having its proper senses, being a healthy body. Meaning, think about it, our bodies, any body, isn't mainly just about doing things, right? Although the body does do things, but instead the body primarily has the goal of being a body, 
a healthy, functioning body. Or think of it this way. If you were to ask someone why they have an eye, they wouldn't say, so I can do things with my body. Right? And the same with an ear. Rather, they'd say, I have an eye so I can see. Right? I have an ear so I can hear, which are both basic functions of what it means to be a body. And that then means for you and me, and I don't want to overstress this, but I think this is Paul's point. It means that when we think of ourselves as each body parts that really do matter and are needed, we shouldn't just think, okay, I'm part of this body, and so what can I do? Again, there is goodness to that, because the body is made to act and to do for the good of others and the glory of Jesus. But instead, even more foundational to that, is that a body above all just needs to be more and more of a functioning, healthy body. And so perhaps more specific, instead of just asking, what can I do for the church? It's good, but the question we can each ask ourselves is, how can I help this body be more of a just healthy, functioning body with all the body parts involved? Right? Meaning, how can I help the other body parts just trust Jesus more? Or how can I be plugged in in such a way where I can help this body be strengthened? Or or how can I just be a body part that comes alongside other body parts for their good. Because that's what's going on here. We're all body parts, but not just so that we can do more, per se, but so that together we can be a healthy, functioning, Jesus-glorifying body. And finally on this, I know that might have been a little confusing, but this is especially just applying this relevant today, because the truth is, and I'm sure we all feel this, especially in today's culture, and especially in today's Christian culture, we can get so caught up in what we do as churches, right, in our programs, and our events, and our services, and our outreaches, and how many people come or don't come, and all those do matter, and, 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 and there's something to strive for, but being caught up in that is not a good thing, because in the Bible, and from God himself and his word, way more important and central than all that for a church, right, for a local body of Jesus Christ, is the body's health, right, and love, and how it functions for the good of the body and the glory of its Savior, Jesus. Right, and so to to use these analogies of the senses, that means that really, more important than just our services or our outreach or our numbers or events or our programs is questions like, is the body seeing the glory of Christ and loving it? Or, Or are the people really connected to and hearing about one another's lives? Or, or are the body parts smelling the aroma of God's love for them? Right? Or, or are the body parts getting down and dirty and touching one another in each other's sufferings? Or, or finally, is the body continually tasting the goodness of the gospel? Right? Those are senses. They're more about what the body is. They're less about doing. We can get so caught up in doing and they're more about being. Right, and the point from Paul here with his talk of sense is that each of us, as a body part Christian, has gifts in who we are and our personalities and talents, all from the Spirit of God himself, gifts that enable us as a local church together to be more like that, to be more of a healthy, functioning, sensible, Jesus-glorifying church body. And so again, ask yourself, In what ways can I, as a body part, help this local body and the body parts in it have more healthy, functioning senses like that? How can I get to know other people and also be known by other people so that we together can sense 
more like that. But all that then finally leads us to our third and last section. So we've seen some illogical thoughts about not really mattering the body. We saw a basic reason for why we all matter in verse 17. But now in our third and final section, we're going to see an even bigger reason, or really the biggest reason for why we all matter. And I say this is bigger because as maybe you've noticed, we, and, and following Paul, we've mainly been talking about all of this on the horizontal plane. Meaning we've been, we've been talking about how we're all body parts and we've been saying that we, we, we matter because we basically all need one another. The horizontal plane. And that's good and true. But now, to conclude this paragraph, and in verse 18 especially, Paul's going to take this a step bigger, both to challenge and to encourage us. And you'll see what I mean. So first, let's just read it. So we're finishing off the paragraph now. We're all body parts who matter because we need one another. But also, Paul concludes in verses 18 through 20. Look down at your Bibles. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So hopefully you're seeing why this, and especially verse 18 there, is the biggest reason for why we each matter as body parts. Because think about it, it's one thing to say, you're needed because we're each body parts and we all need one another to function. That's true. But even bigger than that, do you know what settles the argument about you as an individual Christian actually mattering in a local church? Well, verse 18. It's, it's the fact that we're, when we're talking about Christ's plan for local churches, local bodies, because remember, Paul is writing all this to the local church in Corinth with individual people who together made up the local church. The answer is that when talking about that, Paul is clear, quote, as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. And hearing that, you can hear the emphasis. Number one, God arranges the body parts. Number two, each one of them. And number three, as he chose. Meaning there's a threefold emphasis here and it's on God. Right? It's on God's action in each local body of Christ and each body part in each local body. Right? And, and so it is with us. And that's then really why each of us does matter in a local church. Case closed. Right? And it's why we all also need to really believe all this. Meaning after everything we have seen this morning, we need to really believe now that we're each different and needed body parts who are supposed to be in a local body. And I say that, that we really need to believe this because just think of two quick things concerning God now. Two th quick things concerning God. First, well, because let's be clear. All this about you and I and every Christian really being a unique and needed body part in a local church isn't from me, nor is it from Paul primarily. Instead, first, remember, this is God's word. And so that, that means God is saying to you this morning that if you are a Christian, you do matter as a body part in a local body of Christ. Right? No matter what you may feel, you do belong and matter in a local church. Or similarly, for some of you, this also means that if you're a Christian and you're not really an active body part in a local church, God is saying to you out of love that you should be as well. Because again, remember first, this is God's word. It is God who is saying all this. And so that's the first reason we really need to believe this, brothers and sisters. But not only that, but then second, concerning God, yes, we need to really believe this because God has said it. But even more explicitly, what verse 18 here shows us is that behind all of this talk about the body of Christ, 
meaning behind and involved in every single Christian who's a body part, and behind and involved every single local church, is God himself. God himself. Because as Paul says, as it is, it's God who arranged the body, the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. And he's using that analogy to talk about the local church. And notice though, Paul there doesn't just write Jesus in verse 18, or the Spirit, or the Father, which is interesting because even so far in just chapter 12, he's already mentioned Jesus and the Spirit multiple times, and so he could have mentioned either of them in verse 18. But instead, he went with the general term for the Trinity here, God, in verse 18. And I think that's intentional because, again, this then means that behind all of this about the church and about this idea of you and I being body parts in a local church is the triune God himself. Meaning behind all this is, for example, the Father who who created everything and who loves you and who sent his Son to save you with the purpose of bringing you into a real living community with other people he saves as well, the church. And behind all this is Jesus Christ himself who, who came, lived, died, rose in history, and he reigns as head over his church, as the Bible says. And it's Jesus who then intends his people to be in local churches. And finally, behind all this is the Spirit, who, as we saw last week, immerses us into Christ and then gifts each of us with abilities and personalities and then intends us to live out those gifts and abilities as body parts in local church bodies. And so again, it really is God who's behind all this. This thing of local bodies of Jesus Christ is God's plan. And it's God who specifically arranges each church and each Christian body part to be in each local church. Which, which then very basically but powerfully means for us that, that we can't say after verse 18 here, yeah, but you know, this church thing really isn't for me though. <laughs> or, nah, I know you're telling me I, don't, I, I do matter, but I know myself. And I have nothing to offer. Or, well, that's well and good, but I just want to go to a church service once a week and I don't really want to be involved with the people. Because, because are you seeing that none of those can work biblically? Meaning from God himself? But because the reality is, you, you right now may feel some of those things. Because you might have had some really bad past experiences with church that were truly terrible. Or you might be insecure in certain ways. Or up until this moment, you might have really believed that all the Bible says about church is mainly going once a week. Or you might have always just seen Christianity as just a personal thing. Or anything else. And that's okay. Because you should be honest with yourself how you're feeling. And it's good to analyze what you're feeling and, and what you feel about church. But, but all that said, hear me out again. It is God himself. Not me. Not even Paul who's saying this. And it's God himself who's behind all this this body of Christ, local churches, and each Christian being a unique and needed body part in a local church is God's idea, and it's God's doing. And, and so for us, again, if you trust in Jesus and you're a Christian, we can't just shrug our shoulders at this. Right? Instead, it means we need to strive to be an active body part in a local body. But that said, and finally on this, and perhaps more than just taking this seriously, though, we should also take what God says here in verse 18 and be encouraged by it. Be encouraged by it. And what I mean by that is this really should encourage us to know that since this church and any local church is God's and not ours, 
and since it's God's whose plan this is, and since it's God who arranges and chooses each body part, and that means that without a doubt, if you are a Christian, you do matter and you fit. Because this is what God does in each of his churches and what he does with each of his believers. Meaning you don't need to worry that because you're new to the faith, or you haven't been here a while, or older or younger, don't know the Bible so well, or have struggled with certain sins, or still are struggling with them, or anything like that, you don't need to worry that because of that you don't really matter. That you aren't really a needed body part. Because that'd be denying this verse 18 here about God. And so instead, the truth is, if you trust in Jesus, and for us, this body here at ECC, if you're a member here or want to become a member here, then you need to know that you are fully a body part, and it's God himself who has seen to it that you do matter, that you are needed, and that you really do fit into this body. You can benefit this body, and this body can also benefit you because as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. And so that's our passage this morning, church. In brief, again, the overall part, point, or nailing on the head is that we really each are different and needed body parts in a local body. And that means, again, for you and for me, number one, he wants us to be an active body part in a local church. Body parts involved with other brothers and sisters in Christ in a local body. And number two, it means that once we do get involved, we will see over time that we have an important place. Which all then, finally, as we close, leads us to consider one more thing. One more thing. And this will be quick. But it's kind of just a helpful way, I hope, of summarizing much of what we've been seeing. And as for what it is, it's simply comparing, as we close here, two different ways we can talk about church. Two different ways we can talk about church. And and here's what I mean. Typically, we say that we go to church. Or concerning others, we say they go to this or that church. And that makes sense to us to a degree, but do you see that that actually doesn't fit into what the Bible, into what God paints his church to be? And in fact, that kind of language kind of supports what we saw in verses 15 and 16 with people thinking that they're not really the church, but they just go to it. And yet that's how we talk in English all the time. And again, it comes from the root that we have started to believe that the church is really the service that we go to. And then from that, sadly, we can think that as Christians, that that's all really God wants for us with this idea of this Bible thing called church. That he just wants us to go to church. But now, compare that with the phrase, I'm a part of, a body part of this church. You see the difference? Because yes, being a body part of a local church will mean, for example, gathering together frequently to worship Jesus as the church, right? as the Bible tells us to do and as we do every single Sunday. But the point is, from God's word, from God himself, that's just one thing that the body parts do as a local church body. <laughs> or to say it another way, in the Bible, Christians don't really go to church. Instead, they are the church, Right? They each are body parts in a local body. And so in their lives, yes, they worship and they hear God's word together, but also they are involved with the other body parts, which combined then all together make up a local church of Jesus Christ. And so really that's our calling. 
That's what God's plan is for us, and that's what's good for us and for every Christian, because once again, one last time, it's not biblical, meaning from God and his word or from Jesus to just go to church. In fact, it doesn't really make sense biblically, although it is okay that we talk like that sometimes. I do so myself, but, but really, brothers and sisters, ECC, we are the church. And therefore, let's be so. Let's each be body parts of this church. And if that means for you to join soon, we would love that. And then together, for Jesus' glory and for our good, let's be the church that we are. Our Sundays in worship, absolutely, but also in our lives. Right? Sharing the gifts, the talents, and the personalities that God has given us with one another, all for our good and the glory of Jesus.